just have a, a short word this morning, which means absolutely nothing, I guess, if I, once I get into it. Could, into it. could turn into an eight-week series, you never know, but just uh, as of right now, it doesn't seem all that long. Titus chapter 3, Paul is uh, writing to Titus, Titus is a pastor and he is uh, just telling him, just giving him some uh, instructions leading out to uh, you know, him not being there, not, not going to be there for a while, but he's just reminding him of some things and he's telling him these are some things to remind the people, so I feel it's a good thing to be reminded also uh, to us, it's a good reminder to us. Titus chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle toward everyone. Oh, great. We're only an hour into the, you know, First year of, you know, first uh, service of the new year, and I'm already going to be stepping on toes. And I'm already stepping on my own toes. As the whole time I'm writing this, the Holy Spirit's going, This is about you. Just let you know, this is for this, this part's for you. Because, you know, there's a part of me that really is annoyed by other drivers. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I was driving even last night, and I was not just drivers, but I, w I came to a stoplight. You ever come to a stoplight out in the country, and there's nobody coming any direction <laughs> from right or left or in front of you, and, and immediately you start grumbling. Why I'm sitting here all by myself, and, and there's nobody coming. And so as I'm writing this, and my wife is always going, John, relax. It's not that important. It really isn't. But it, it certainly is a character flaw in me. I haven't been real peaceable toward I mean, they, they don't get to hear me. I haven't made any gestures. I'm usually smiling going, I really hate the way you drive. But it's amazing this morning as we came to a stoplight and we were the only ones sitting there and there's nobody coming in the direction, my son says, Oh, look at this. We're sitting at a stoplight and there's nobody coming from any direction. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> Why do they learn the bad stuff from you? <laughs> yeah, so easily. It's just, just a good reminder. Live peaceably. Be kind. Don't slander anyone. Be peaceable and considerate. And always be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope 
of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid, avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful and are self-condemned. As soon as I send Artemis and Titius to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything that they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. You know, as we come to the end of a, of a year, coming to the end of 2011, it is, you know, almost, you know, obligatory that we have to look back at the year behind us <clears throat> and then look forward to the year ahead of us. You know, actually, if you don't do that, I think you're actually fairly foolish. If you don't look back and take stock of where you've come from, You'll just continue blindly heading in a direction not knowing if you're making any headway whatsoever. I've used this uh, example multiple times, and I'll get all kinds of mileage out of it in the years to come because it's an excellent, excellent uh, explanation, a demonstration of what, why this is important. Years ago, they surveyed 100 octogenarians. Do you know what an octogenarian is? 80-some years old. Somebody who's, been, who's over the age of 80. Now, I, Warren. But they, 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 left an, they asked a question, and they left it open-ended. And the results were very interesting. That, the question they asked was, if you could live your life over, what would you do differently? If you could live your life over, what would you do differently? And, you know, they expected all of the, you know, I'd have parasailed or I'd have gone to, you know, this place or that. I'd have gone and done this. I'd have done what. What was interesting, it, you know, they had some of that, but they also had a, a resounding theme that came out from that survey. The first thing that came out was they would have done more things where they, would, where they would have taken chances. They would have done more, they would have taken more chances. They wouldn't have been, played it as conservative as they had. They would have looked at life and went, you know what, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do something new or I'm going to do something different. They would have taken more chances. Secondly, they said, we would have reflected more. We would have thought back on where we had come from, what we had done, and where we're going next. They would have stopped and taken time to think, how would I live my life differently if I had the chance at 20, 25, 30, not wait till you're 80, but every so often, and, and you do it every year, do it every month if you need to. But they would have, they would have reflected more. 
And thirdly, they said, they would have done more things that would have lasted beyond their life. They would have put their life into things that would have lasted beyond their life, invested in other people or other things that would have lasted. And we know as Christians, that's eternity. We can do things. We can live our lives in such a way that it, reflect, or it, it, it affects eternity. We can pour into our children. We can pour into other people's children. We can, we can uh, you know, give our lives toward the work of the Lord in whatever capacity that makes available for you in your life, and it will last eternity. It'll change lives forever on earth, but then it will also be recorded, and, and it will have impact in the eternal. So they would have taken more chances, they would have reflected more, and they would have done more things that would have lasted into eternity. It's important that as we get to the end of this year and we start looking towards uh, the, the 2012, that we do that, we reflect, we stop and go, okay, where are we at? And Paul here is telling Titus, hey, tell people to live their lives a certain way because I don't want them to be unproductive. I don't want, and he says it in a couple of different ways. He says, these things will help you be productive, living peacefully, you know, uh, you know, being kind, being honest, doing all these things. And there are things that will not lead to being productive. Arguments about this and that and, and, and strife and all of those things. But he says, I don't want you to live unproductive. Now, here's the interesting thing. As I was putting this sermon together, this is not in any way, shape, or form the direction I was headed. I was headed in a completely different direction. And the Holy Spirit led me to two different places. One was Titus 3. I've never preached out of Titus 3. I can't remember if I've ever preached out of I don't think I have. I'm pretty sure I've never preached out of Titus 3. But he led me directly to Titus 3. I, don't, you know, I know now why. At the time, I didn't. I thought, oh, well, he just, you know, doesn't blah, blah, blah. But... I got to this last word that says, don't be unproductive. Then I was like, okay, Lord, that's interesting. Now, you know, is there anything else? And he led me to this next series of verses. Having no idea that there was a correlation. Second, nope. I, how are, doo -doo -doo, notes, first of the year. Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 1. And I have preached out of this. I've preached out of this many times, but, but I've never seen it in this light. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to your goodness knowledge, and to your knowledge self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will, they will keep you from being ineffective 
and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't know that word was in both of those passages. I had no idea. That was the furthest thing from my mind when sitting down to preach this, or to, to prepare this, to preach. The first, I'd never spoke out of Titus 3, and I would have never gone there. The Holy Spirit just said, go to, go to uh, 2 Peter 1. So I went there, I'm reading through it, and it's the exact same word, unproductive, in two different places. I thought, what's the chances? What are the chances that the Lord would lead me to those two, ver those two passages that will have the same word, unproductive, in? I did a word study on unproductive. How many times does it happen in the Bible? Two. I think he's trying to tell us something. At least he's trying to tell me something. If it fits you, good. You can, you can wear it too. The Lord wants us to be productive. Now, let's define productive in the kingdom of God. What is productive? You know, building 16 churches over the next five years, we will see systematically, is it cranking out a, you know, th this program or that program? Or no. What is productive? Well, let's look at, let's look at the things he wants us to do to be productive. Go back. Verse 5, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to your goodness, knowledge, and to your knowledge, self-control, and to your self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. What he wants us to have and to be productive in, in our lives, is to be productive in our knowledge of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ, of his nature, of his person, of him as God, as him as our king, as our friend. He wants us to go deeper and deeper understanding and love with God. He wants us to be in a deeper relationship tomorrow than we are today. The great thing about that is we don't have to strive to achieve a whole bunch of worldly goals to be productive for God. He says that if we strive to have a relationship with him deeper and deeper every day that will accomplish everything he wants us to do. So now it's time to take stock. Now it's not a time to sit and beat yourself up because we're usually our worst critic. We're usually the one who says, well, I've really messed up this year. I've really not, really not sought God the way I should have. I need to do some kind of penance. I need to earn God's forgiveness and his love and his acceptance of me. No, we don't need to do that. He loves us. He accepts us. We don't have to earn anything. But we do, should take stock. Where are we at? Yesterday I had to take stock. I, already, I told Brian I wasn't going to confess this to anybody else, but the Holy Spirit is having me confess this right now publicly wonderful being up front if you, if you, anybody ever had a desire to get up in front and talk just wait till God tells you you got to say something you don't want to say 
Yesterday, I was supposed to be writing a sermon, and my wife had asked me if it was done, and I said no. She just kind of rolled her eyes at me and walked past. <laughs> but I sat down in my chair, and I thought, okay, I really, really, really should write a sermon here. I really should. i got to get this done. Okay, i got to put something together. And I sat down, and I turned on my computer, because that's how I write my sermon, and here's the option to go to the Bible Gateway to start studying, and here's Facebook. Okay, but I resisted Facebook, but then there's the news channel that I usually check real quick to see if anything's happening in the world. And then I check that real quick, and then I check something else because that, that led me to think of something else. I wanted to check that. And, oh, that's right. I wanted to remember to reorder. You know, I wanted to order something. So I got to go over it. You know, an hour and a half later, the Bible Gateway still button is still there unpushed, unclicked on. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I was like, you know, I've been wasting my time here. <clears throat> and I really, really need to write this sermon. And I was just, oh, you know, i got to do this. I'm going to make myself do it. I just need to, oh, I just need to, oh, I need to force myself. I just got to be disciplined, John. Just be disciplined and get this thing done. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit didn't say a word, but I knew what he was thinking. I'm sitting there going, you know what, Lord, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to study. I don't want to prepare a sermon. I don't want to. And I had to be honest because I didn't want to, so I put it away. It w I would have been doing it completely in the flesh because I had to, not because I wanted to. But I was honest with him. I said, you know what, God? I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't want to do this right now. I'd rather go do anything else than to write this right now. You know what? And if I'm going to stand up in front of everybody tomorrow and blow it, then that's just the way it's going to have to be because I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be fake in my service to you. I'm not going to play a game. I'm not going to be put on my holy, happy face and jump through a bunch of hoops because that's what I'm supposed to do. Lord, I'm sorry, but it's where I'm at right now. Don't want to do it. So, spent the rest of the afternoon and evening doing what I wanted to do. Now, the whole time, I'm, you, know, you have this nagging thing. God's mad at you. He's disappointed in you because you didn't want to spend time with him and study for all of his people. You're going to let him down and everybody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, anybody ever have that? That nagging, horrible, you know, and you're just, you're a rotten, terrible Christian because you're not doing what you're, you didn't want to do it. You didn't want to spend time with God. I went to bed with this hang, hang, hang. This morning I got up, walked downstairs. I said, you know what, Lord? Just to be honest with you, this morning I want to. I want to come into your presence. I want to spend some time with you. And within seconds, the Lord started downloading. I mean, this sermon was written in about 20 minutes. I mean, just download. And the relationship, and I came here not, not expecting anything because, you know what, I didn't put the time in yesterday. I didn't, I didn't you know, meet my obligation. I didn't jump through the right hoops to, to make God happy with me. And the worship team hits the first note, and the power of God just poured on me. I just, I mean, if, I don't know if you guys, anybody who was standing up in front, I was laughing. My, my daughter came over thinking, I don't know what she was thinking, but I was laughing so hard. I was just full of God. 
the presence of God, the love of God was overflowing. It's just like, you know what? He loves me. Not because I jumped through some hoops. Not because I, I, I met some obligation, some spiritual obligation. But he just loves me because he just chose to. And I don't have to, to strive and to work to accomplish some goal that, that somebody or myself has even put out there to achieve something for God this next year. All I have to do is to be honest with him and love him and let him love me. And everything he has planned for me this year is going to happen. Everything. Absolutely everything. We're coming into the, the week devoted to God. And this week could be one of those ominous things that hangs over your head going, if you don't show up, people will notice that I'm not devoting to God. Or if I don't show up this many times, then I, I don't feel like I'm devoted to God. Or if I don't do this, or if I don't do that, and so-and-so said they're going to be fasting this week, and I don't feel like fasting. And this person says they're going to be praying for so long this week, and I don't feel like praying. This week can turn into a burden. It can turn into a into a, a ritual or a law that you have to somehow fulfill and it can accomplish absolutely nothing of what God has for you. This week is an opportunity an opportunity to come into his presence however he leads you to do it. If he leads you to come here if he leads you to come in the morning, because the, the doors are going to be open at 9 o'clock-ish every day, you can come in and pray and worship and seek God here in the, the sanctuary. We'll have some music on, and it'll be warm. As opposed to the rest of the week when it's always cold in here. I apologize to people who've come in and it's cold in here during the week. Saving money, being responsible. We'll turn the heat on for you. You can come in the morning, you can come in the afternoon. We're going to be here every night at 7 o'clock seeking God. We're going to devote this week to Him to however He wants us to walk in it. As you feel led, as He leads you. If He, if he leads you to worship at home with your family, do it. Be devoted to Him there. All we're saying is this week is, is we're setting aside this week I'm setting it aside. The staff is setting it aside. We are setting it aside and saying, God, this week is yours. Speak to me however you want. Lord, I want to be productive for you. Lord, I want my life to mean something. Whether you're an old seasoned veteran or whether you're a, the, the youngest child here, this week is for you to draw closer to God to come more into his presence and to seek his face and to know him more by the end of the week than you do right now. To maybe hear something that you wouldn't hear otherwise because your life is so busy and you're not and there's so many other things going on. When we get together, I have no idea. I have no sermons prepared. I don't even have any themes prepared like this this year because like last year we had themes prepared and we did none of them. 
because God led in a completely different way. I thought this year, no themes, not going to waste my time. We'll just do whatever God wants to do. We're going to come together. The worship team's going to lead us, start us out in worship. We may worship the whole time. We may not. I may preach the whole time. You'll be blessed, really. Somebody else might preach the whole time. We might sit here in complete silence for an hour and a half as the Lord leads. It's his week. I want him to do what he wants to do in each one of our hearts. This week, as God does that, last year we, we had people you know, send emails in to uh, office at RVCC. If anything, God speaks to you. God does something in your heart. God challenges you. God, whatever it is, and you want to give a testimony of that, well, I want you to, to type that in. Just type in a quick blurb of here's what God did this week. Or that's what, this is what God did tonight or last night or you know, has been doing over a series. Of, here's what God's been doing in my life. Share a testimony, whatever it may be. And we'll share it. If you want it shared, if you, if you want to give testimony of what God does, we'll put it online. We'll, we had it up here on the PowerPoint before and after services. But this week, we're going to stop, and I'm so glad we could do it at the beginning of the year this year. This is perfect that it starts on a Sunday. No Super Bowl. We have nothing to, you know, we have nothing to hold us back this year. He wants us to be devoted to him, to, to come into his presence, to know him, and through that, not by any striving of our own, because of our obedience and our, our desire to seek after him, we will live a productive life this year. Hallelujah. Let's dedicate this week to him. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we say this is your week. This is your deal. Lord, no preconceived ideas, no plans of my own, just a, a desire to come into your presence in a purposeful way this whole week and beyond. But Lord, this week we dedicate to you however you want us to spend it, Lord, it's yours. Thank you for the opportunity to come together as the body of Christ and to give you the first week of this year. Lord, we dedicate 2012 to your purpose and to your plans to you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, we can spend it with each other. We can be with brothers and sisters in the Lord and honor you through it in every way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Time to receive our offering. The ushers have offering envelopes. They're going to be handing those out. Take one if you so desire. Hallelujah. Um,